Well, good morning. You're looking good. Man, thanks for being here and for singing and jumping in. And what a wonderful time so far. Um, hi, everybody online who's joining us from a lot of different places. Uh, we are glad that you are with us. We'd love to have you back in the building whenever you feel good about that. We, uh, we have some really fun things that have been happening around Timberline and Christmas. I just cannot wait until Friday. We didn't get to do it last year. My favorite service of the year. I've been, I got my red sweater out. And I'm, I've been practicing. <laughs> have you been practicing? I'm getting in shape for it, you know. It's just a wonderful day. So bring a friend, a candlelight, and it'll just be a wonderful time. Hey, uh, 2022 is coming up, and we uh, are talking a little bit about that. We have a wonderful vision for Timberline, and we'll be talking about that January 8 and 9. One of the things that I want to just have you aware of is that um, there's a booklet, it's a devotional booklet called Lucas, uh, Life with Lucas. And Jeff Lucas is on our pastoral team and this is a wonderful booklet. Bonnie and I have used this for years and we're trying to get it to America. It's really big in the UK uh, where Jeff is from, but we have a sign-up sheet. We've run out. We had three or four hundred copies and we've run out, but it's, it's like, I don't know, four bucks or something for a quarter and you get a daily it's a little booklet, and it, it, you get this daily little, it's a half page. It takes 30 seconds to read, but you'll be surprised how much it will touch you. So if you want to sign up for that, and you get a free seven-day trial, just turn left when you go out the doors, and you can sign up at a table, and we'll try to get those. It's gone into its second printing. Um, I, I want to say one more thing. I just really appreciate, you know, the giving for 2021. It's been a challenging year. For churches all around the country, some of my dearest friends as pastors are really struggling. And I want to say thank you that we as a church are not struggling. We have, you know, we've felt it financially, but you have been so faithful. You've stepped up, even like our special offerings and one day to feed the world and stuff like that. Because of that, we're in Kentucky right now helping, helping those people who are, we are, we're right there. Timberline is there. So I'm, I'm really proud of you and thankful for you, and I know we're coming right to the end of, of the year in giving, so check it out and give whatever God puts on your heart. Well, I want to jump into this series because it's been really fun talking about this idea of what? How many of you guys say that? What? Yeah, our grandkids say it all the time, what? And, and I like it because it's this idea of what? Awestruck by God. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Dick Foth, cosmos to cradle. God comes down, and all of a sudden we have baby Jesus. Last weekend, impossible to possible. Jeff Lucas did a great job. And I get to talk about from heaven to earth. We actually have Jesus being born in the stable, and we're talking about that and what the Bible has to say about God becoming a man. Flesh and blood. This has never happened. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a really big story. I, I love Christmas. I always look forward to it. I like some of the quotes and the comments that people have. Andy Barowitz said this, Christmas is a huge baby shower that went totally crazy. <laughs> How true. And then some who like to focus on Santa, I thought this guy had it right. Victor Borg said, Santa Claus has the right idea. You visit people only once a year. If they're good. <laughs> but my favorite of all are the kids at Christmas. Next Sunday, 
Um, I'm going to just be doing a little devotional talk, but we're going to take some of these chairs out right here, and we're going to ask all the kids to come up in their pajamas and sit up here, and Pastor Felix is going to walk around with a mic and have some fun. It's a blast. So hopefully we'll, we'll see you there if you can come. We get it if you can't. It's the day after Christmas, so it's kind of a challenge. But when asked what animals were in the stable, Matthew, six years old, said, well, there were sheep, there was a donkey, there were some horses, but there was also a big old crocodile outside the stable. <laughs> I think he made that up. Um, who was at the stable? Jay says, well... There was Joseph and Mary, and there was this big guy named Gabriel. His favorite thing was to fly around all day. <laughs> Another question was, who is Jesus? And one little five-year-old boy said, well, Jesus was a king, and he wore a crown even when he was a baby. And then he paused and he said, it was a really little crown. <laughs> Last one, where was Jesus born? Charlie, who's five, says he was born in a stable a long ways away from here in another country called Bethlehem. It's in England. <laughs> See, here's the point. We may, not, we may not know all the details. I'm sure we don't. The Bible lets us in on a few details about Christmas and angels and heavenly hosts and and lights and shepherds and stars and wise men but we don't know all the details but that's not what's really important what's really important today is that you know one thing god the father so loved the world that he sent his son jesus to become a man to this earth so that whoever would believe on him would not perish or fall away, but they would have eternity with God forever and ever and ever. That is what Christmas is. And if you get that part right, the rest will take care of itself. But today I want you to get that part right. I think about all the times God has heard three different responses when he asks someone to do something special, Joseph, Mary. You go even in the Old Testament, Abraham, Moses, Gideon. And there's three concepts that I want you to kind of put in your brain today and think about with me. And these responses from people usually are like this. I can't, I won't, and then finally, I will. I can't, I won't, I will. Say it with me. I can't. I won't, I will. One more time. I can't, I won't, I will. You know, when I think of Moses out there, the burning bush, and God says, hey, you need, you need to lead my people out of Egyptian bondage. He's like, I can't. I'm a stutterer. You don't understand. Ask my brother. He'll, he'll go. And then God says, no, you're going to appear before Pharaoh. And he's like, I won't. I'll get killed. And then finally Moses comes to this moment where he says, I will. I will. What happens in that, in that change? You look at a Gideon who God says, I'm going to use you mighty man of valor. And Gideon says, oh, I can't. I'm a nobody. I'm the least of all the tribes. He says, go into battle? I, I, I won't. I don't, I don't, that's not me. God says, yeah, you can do it. I'll go with you. He says, I will. Joseph, in the story today, we're going to see it. He says, I can't. She, she, she lied to me. 
she's, she's pregnant. And it's not me. I know it's not me. And I can't do it. And, and I won't do it. God puts a dream on the table. And Joseph says, I will. Mary says, I can't. I'm a virgin. But I will. Because I'm going to trust God. And nothing is impossible with God. Where are you in the journey? I can't. I just, don't, I just don't understand. I don't have those gifts. I don't have those talents. I don't have those abilities. Or maybe you're a little strong-willed. I won't. I'm not going to step across that line. I'm not going to believe. This whole thing is ridiculous. What does God have to do to get you to say, I will? We're going to look at this process in people's lives. Number one in your outline, if you're following along on the app, God has a plan that involves people. Ironically, God uses other human beings in our life whether we know it or not. Now, I don't know why. He's God. He can use whoever He wants and to choose a human being. I guess it's because the Bible says that we're made in the image of God. So God likes us. Yes, He loves us, but He also likes you. And, and wants to use you in the life of other people. In Luke chapter 1, it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent. See, this is initiated by God, not man. God sent the angel Gabriel, the one that flies around all day, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now look at this next line. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Wow. Heaven is coming to earth. And I say this respectfully, but a nobody in her culture named Mary is who God chooses to have baby Jesus, the very Son of God. What is up with that? God still uses people. You heard Pastor Jeff, if you were here last week, and say God comes to ordinary people. And He does, and that's the power, and that's why I love God, and I worship Him, and I thank God that He has called my name. People... God uses in my life and your life other people, people I don't even know. Let me tell you a, a great story that happened this past week. I don't know the people involved, and if, if you're part of this story, come and say hi to me and, and, and fill me in, because I'd love more details. We got an email. They just went to our website, contact us, and by the tone of the email, it's not someone that goes to our church here at Timberline, but they were expressing appreciation to Timberline Church for all that Timberline does in our community, in our county, because we partner with so many people. I mean, we really do as a church. It's a wonderful thing. And they went on to say that they were hungry, so they pulled into a fast food restaurant with a drive through And they got behind a car that had that little Timberline cross on the back, on the, on the back window. And they recognized it. They had learned through the years. They saw a lot of those crosses, and they had learned that that represents people from Timberline. 
And when they got up to the counter to get their food, the cashier looked at him and said, um, you don't owe us anything because the car, the people in front of you in that car paid for your meal. You had already ordered, so we knew the amount, and they said, put it on our tab. And he said, but I don't even know these people. They don't even know me. And the cashier said, it's not my fault. <laughs> this radical kindness impacted someone so much that they went back home and found our website and said, thank you, Timberliners. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for making a difference. Why? Because kindness is a little hard to find in our world right now. A person impacted another person because this person was listening to the voice of God. If you choose to put a Timberline logo on the back of your car, you need to buy other people's meals in the drive-thru. <laughs> just kidding. But drive good, okay? I just love that story. This kindness was shocking. And it might seem like a little thing, but it's actually a big thing. God's plan involved human beings. Why? Because He sees in us the greatness of Himself. He sees in us that we have the ability to worship Him and to help others and make a difference. God could have split the sky open and, and had a thunderclap and jarred the entire world and announced that He's coming. Get ready. He's taken over. But He didn't. He came to this little lady named Mary, unsuspecting, not ready. She's saying, I can't. I'm a virgin. And God says, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out together. Listen, you are part of God's plan for someone else. You are part of this Christmas story. Own that. Receive that today. And let it be a part of you. Number two in your outline. God cares about our, our relationships. Even the ones that are broken. God cares about those. And what's going to happen in the Christmas story is that Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant and he's not happy. And this is just real life. Um, he had a right not to be happy. Why? Because he did not believe her story, which is sad, but sometimes true. I don't know. It's pretty hard. To, it would be pretty hard to believe someone told you if someone told you that they're having God's baby, that they're still a virgin, and and they're pregnant with God's child. That that'd be hard to hard to handle. Matthew one verse eighteen. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place. While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly, which he could have done. He could have had her stoned at the gate. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was in fact conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I think, I think Joseph woke up going, what? 
<laughs> right? I mean, this is a big day. This is a big moment. And he's going, she was telling the truth. I, this is crazy. This has never happened before. It's never happened since. I mean, who would have thought? But God cared about the relationship between Joseph and Mary that it wouldn't be severed. And so he shows up to make a difference to bring healing. Now here's my problem with this. If you ever have a problem with God, it's okay. He's big enough to handle your problems, all right? Here's my problem with God in this story. God is God, and it seems to me he could have done some pre-communication. <laughs> right? Why, why are they going through all this stress? Joseph is going to break up, and God's just up there doing what God is doing, and it's like, where are you? God could have sent an angel ahead of time to Joseph and said, Hey, Joseph, uh, this is going to be very confusing to you and Mary, but she's having God's son. It's for real. So when she tells you, and I can just see Mary coming in, Joseph, I'm really nervous to tell you this, but I mean, I'm having a baby. I'm a virgin still, and I didn't cheat on you, but I promise the Holy Spirit came up on me, and I'm, I'm having, and Joseph could have gone, I know, babe. <laughs> and she would have gone, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like, oh my goodness, how is all this happening? But that's not what God did. Here's the point. Sometimes God lets us go down the road a while to go a little deeper, to feel the pain, to feel the sorrow, to understand what's real in our lives. And we dig deep. Joseph had to do some examination. Joseph had to, this was a moment when he was going to learn to trust Mary. Had it not happened the way it happened, he may have never been able to trust her. But God showed up to rebuild that brokenness. Look, every relationship in your life matters to God. Every one of them. The conflicts you have with people, it's real. Matter of fact, I, I would bet that some of you are dreading this week. Because so-and-so is coming over. Someone in the family you don't get along with, you don't like them, you never really have. Because, you know, no one knows the truth about them like I do. <laughs> and, and maybe it's the, the ex of the kids of the, and, and you just know there's going to be pressure and tension and it's, uh, God cares about that. God cares about that relationship. And it just might be that God would use you to start a process of healing. I can't. <laughs> I won't. It's their fault. I will. You choose. You might not be able to bring healing to the relationship because it's two-sided. Amen? Some people can choose to walk away and you can't chase them down. I get that. But make sure your end of the stick is clean. Be godly and be kind because it just might make a difference and plant a seed in someone's life that changes their trajectory forever. Joseph and Mary worked it out. I love that about God. I love that he showed up. I'm sure that Joseph didn't fully understand. Mary didn't either. But there's nothing impossible with God. And I'll say this and we'll go to point three. God 
wants to be smack dab in the middle of your mess. He does. Let him in. Let him be there with you. Number three. God is greater than, than our physical limitations. This, this point is very important because it has to do with her virginity. And it's impossible. And there's no way this could happen. But this is a divine miracle. That's the only way it could happen. We all have physical limitations. And this is how it happened. Look at Luke, this same chapter, verse 34. So this is Mary doing her best to get it. Okay? And I... I'll, I'll tell you a minute. Anyway, Mary asked the angel. This is a fair question. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and it will be called the Son of God. Is that a good explanation? So Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. So here's my question. Does Mary even believe the angel? Look at her response. She doesn't say, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm going to have the Son of God. No, she doesn't. She says, whatever. I mean, that's kind of what I read here. May everything you said. She's not saying, I own this. She's saying, you know, the stuff you said, fine. I'm a virgin. So if you say it, the overshadow thing, whatever that is. <laughs> this is in the Bible. You can't make this stuff up. She still doesn't get it. You don't have to get it. God's plan is bigger than yours. I can't always figure it out. I have limitations. My mind only goes so far. But God is bigger than my finite mind. Be careful what you pray for. May it be to me as you have said, because I don't know about this whole thing. Mary's saying, how can this happen? I would have asked for more clarity had I been Mary, but... She just takes it at face value. And sometimes God doesn't bring us clarity. I wish He would more often, but sometimes He doesn't. You guys, I don't know why. Ask Him when you get there with Him sometime. But sometimes His plan is vague. I think it has to do with one little word. Faith. 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 I believe even when I don't see I trust even when I don't know. It's not for sure, but may it be like that. Because you're God. <laughs> I'm, I'm not there yet. I can't. I won't. Okay, I will. I will. Why? Because Mary knew God was greater than her understanding, she knew God was greater than her education. She knew that God was greater than her experiences so far in life or her limitations or even her imagination. God is greater than her doubt and her fear and her failures and He's greater than all of yours as well. And He can use you and spend you if you give your life to Him and you trust Him. I will. I will. 
God is for us. Hold on to God right now, whatever you're facing. Last thing, number four, heaven comes to earth. Heaven comes to earth. And this is the part on the, on the Sunday before Christmas that you get to, to read this story. This, this is just a blessed thing to read in Luke 2, verse 6. And while they were there, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot that happened before while they were there. The census happened. Joseph says, Mary, we've got to go to Bethlehem. It's 60-some miles away. It's going to be hard. You're nine months pregnant. On and on and on. But while they were there, of course, the time came for the baby to be born. Of course it did. There's a prophecy about that. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And now look in verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. That will bring great joy to all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, a feeding trough. Unusual. Son of God, in a stable, in a feeding trough. Shepherds on a hill. You talk about nobodies. In their culture, shepherd, that's the lowest. They smelled. They had hot days and cold nights. They had a hard job. Hard job. Didn't get credit. God said, why don't, why don't, why don't some of you angels gather up here? And why, don't, why don't we announce to the world? <laughs> why don't we start with the shepherds? So that all people for all time will know that all are welcome. That this message is not just to kings and princes, but it is to all who will choose to believe the story that Jesus has come to earth. You know what? This story involves the entire cosmos, the stars. The wise men would come. They've been following the star maybe for years. Who knows? But choirs of angels the voices from heaven the supernatural dreams the light shining out of darkness on the side of the hill it's all there and you are there you are in this story you're the why i said it earlier for god so loved that he sent his son that son would die on a cross. He would lay down his life so that you, can I, you and I could be here today. Those of you watching online could be where you are today. That you could receive. That you could somehow be part of this glorious advent. You are the reason for the Christmas story. Don't ever forget that. This wasn't just God doing something big and crazy so we'd have a story to tell. This is so you and I could be involved in making a difference in the world 
by our lives, by our love, by our giving, and by our kindness, and mostly by the transformation of our minds, that now we live by faith and not by sight, because we have found a Savior to believe in who has redeemed us and bought us back. That's why we're going to share communion. Would you mind taking that out? I'm so thankful for someone who thought of communion in the COVID era where we can't pass anything around and all the rules. But I do recommend that you open the bread side first. <laughs> I hope you have one of these. I want you to just prepare it by taking the bread out. Place it on your lap or somewhere. We have some receptacles. We're going to collect these later if you don't mind taking them with you out. At each exit, we'll collect them. And then carefully say, well, aren't we celebrating the birth of Jesus? I thought communion was about the death of Jesus. Well, it is. But you can't have the crucifixion without the birth. It's all one. This body, this bread, this broken body. Paul said it well when he talked about communion. When he said the night Jesus was betrayed, he, he took up a piece of bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Jesus waited 33 years for this moment. From the awkwardness of being a baby, <laughs> learning how to walk, feeling the emotions that we feel. He cried. I mean, the Bible talks about him weeping. He felt anger. He felt frustration. He felt betrayed. He is the God-man. He is fully God and fully man. There's nothing like this. But he did that so he could understand your pain. That's why taking this little piece of bread, recognizing what it means, is everything to us as believers. And believers all around the world for hundreds and hundreds of years have said, I believe in the broken body of Jesus Christ. He laid it down for us. Lord, thank you for the bread. Thank you that as we take it and put it in our mouths and, and bite on it, that we recognize the suffering and the pain that you endured in your body, that we might be saved, that we might have peace, peace with God. Let's partake of the bread. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood which is shed for you. This is no little thing, you guys. This is not just a little ceremony that we do at church once in a while. This is a powerful statement of faith that says his shed blood took my place on the altar. I live because he died. Lord, thank you for becoming the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world that we might have hope hope in this salvation that you have promised us that is real and powerful and we thank you in Jesus mighty name let's partake
If you don't mind bowing your heads one more time, I just want to offer a prayer over all of us. There might be some of you in this room that say, I've been an I can't person. Your limitation, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, and you just say, I can't. I don't know what to do. God couldn't really use me. I'm shy. I'm this. I'm that. And you, you find all the ways that God can't use you. I want you to just stop that today. God created you so that you can say, I will. Your limitations are not God's limitations. And He wants to spend your life in a meaningful way that makes a difference in others. Those of you that might be a little more stubborn and you live with, I won't. I pray the Holy Spirit will break that down today. That your will will crumble at the hand of a mighty God who could snap you like a twig. But instead, He has chosen grace and He is offering mercy so that you might say, I will, I will, I will follow you. Right now, just say it. Anyone in this room that's separated from God, just say it under your breath. I will. I will believe. I will trust. I don't know what the next step is, but may it be to me, as you have said. I will. Lord, we say, I will. Knowing that it's everything. It costs us everything. We surrender our own will to you. I pray that you would lead and guide us as individuals and as your church. That we will be your hands extended and your moving feet around our community, our neighborhoods, and our world, that even in this week we can make a difference by what we say, by what we do, and by who we are, and mostly by who we are becoming because of you. We give it all to you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.